0: Welcome to Creative Biolabs, we offer custom contract research services and products, covering the entire process of CAR-T cell therapy development. In this brand new podcast series, we will show you everything you want to know about CAR-T therapy, including the mechanism, current applications, technology limitations, and potential strategies. Hope you will enjoy it. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. Let's welcome our guest for today, Dr. William Smith, the journal editor in the field of immunotherapy. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. William?
1: Good evening, all dear followers. Good evening, Beth, and thank you for your invitation. It is great to see you all again. I'm very excited to be here.
0: In previous episodes, we have introduced the application of CAR T cells to hematological tumors and various solid tumors. It can be said that autologous derived CAR T cells have achieved unprecedented results in different tumor types. However, there are still some unavoidable problems with autologous CAR T cells that require individual customization. Therefore, some researchers began to propose allogeneic derived CAR T cells. They collected T cells from healthy donors, or directly used stem cell derived T cells for human leukocyte antigen matching, and then loaded the designed CAR onto the surface of the T cells. This technique is called allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, and our discussion today will be based on this. What obstacles are there in the hematopoietic cell transplantation? And any corresponding strategies?
1: In fact, allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation can cause a period of profound immunosuppression. As a result, the number and function of virus-specific T-cells are defective, making the recipients vulnerable to the virus. These infections can cause significant morbidity and lead to mortality in transplanted patients. Cytomegalovirus and Epstein-Barr virus are the main viral pathogens. They may cause life-threatening diseases during the post-transplant period. Both viruses are usually asymptomatic in immunocompetent hosts. Although there are pharmacological antiviral therapies available, these also have temporarily unavoidable side effects. Even these therapies may not be effective against every virus, fail to rebuild viral immunity, and may lead to drug resistance. Therefore, it is necessary to develop adoptive cell therapy consisting of virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes to correct the deficiency of viral immunity after transplantation. Today, I would like to detail the progress made in generating single-virus-specific T cells specifically against cytomegalovirus and Epstein-Barr virus. Afterward, we can focus on describing progress in developing multivirus-specific T-cells and expanding available donor sources, including the generation of virus-specific T-cells from virus-uninfected individuals and the use of third-party donors.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Smith. That is a very clear framework for our discussion. So, let's learn about cytomegalovirus first, shall we? What happens when people get infected with this virus?
1: cytomegalovirus is a member of the beta herpes family it is an opportunistic ubiquitous virus primary cytomegalovirus infection is asymptomatic in most immunocompetent individuals a small number of people are more susceptible and may then develop a syndrome resembling infectious mononucleosis after primary infection the virus has a period of clinical latency during this period It resides in mononuclear leukocytes to evade immune surveillance. It is controlled by composite immune cells of the innate and adaptive systems. An absolute and functional deficiency of cytomegalovirus-reactive T lymphocytes can lead to viral dissemination and the development of cytomegalovirus diseases, including pneumonia, retinitis, colitis, encephalitis, and hepatitis. In addition, complications of cytomegalovirus infection appear acutely in severely immunocompromised patients.
0: After learning these about cytomegalovirus, could you describe the importance of the recovery of a protective cytomegalovirus-specific immune response after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation?
1: Sure. None of the patients with a detectable cytomegalovirus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocyte response after transplantation developed cytomegalovirus pneumonitis. In contrast, patients with no detectable response had a 60% mortality rate. In recent years, advances in antiviral therapy have led to improved outcomes early in the reactivation process. However, it has been reported that the overall survival rate of cytomegalovirus pneumonia post-hematopoietic cell transplantation is only 30% in the 6 months after diagnosis. Cytomegalovirus serastatus is an independent risk factor for outcomes after transplantation in unrelated donors. And, cytomegalovirus seropositive donors are also considered risk factors for bacterial and fungal infections.
0: What are the differences between pharmacological antiviral therapies and adoptive cellular therapy in this regard?
1: Many active pharmacological antiviral therapies are often accompanied by adverse side effects such as nephrotoxicity and myelosuppression. These drugs do not long-term address the lack of cytomegalovirus-reactive T-cells. They may also cause drug resistance in some cases. The basis for cytomegalovirus-specific adoptive cell therapy is established in a proof-of-concept study. This study demonstrated that adoptive cellular therapy using donor-derived cytomegalovirus-specific T-cell clones could effectively restore immunity to cytomegalovirus. A clinical study was reported in 14 related cytomegalovirus seropositive donor allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients. These cells, which did not produce major side effects, were infused as a preventive therapy, and all patients reconstituted cytomegalovirus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes.
0: After this initial study, what aspects of the research have been conducted?
1: Well, the researchers went on with a series of phase 1 to 2 studies to assess the safety and efficacy of cytomegalovirus-specific T cells as adoptive cellular therapy. These studies were heterogeneous in design, preventing direct comparisons between studies, especially with regard to therapeutic indications, cellular selection techniques, cell doses, and transplant conditioning regimens. Earlier studies examined the use of cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells as a prophylactic therapy. With the advent of polymerase chain reaction-guided cytomegalovirus surveillance, other studies have examined their usage as a preemptive therapy to prevent the development of cytomegalovirus disease after the detection of cytomegalovirus reactivation. Few studies have focused on patients with refractory cytomegalovirus viremia or disease. A Phase II study investigated the use of cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells in prophylactic and preemptive settings, in which one-third of patients received cells as prophylaxis. In the prophylaxis group, only three patients had an episode of primary infection that required additional antiviral therapy. In contrast, the remaining patients in the study did not experience secondary episodes of viral reactivation after initial clearance. This demonstrates the effectiveness of this therapy in different indicative settings.
0: As far as I know, graft-versus-host disease is a known side effect of donor lymphocyte infusion therapy. It is also a potentially serious complication after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation. So, can the adoptive transfer of virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes cause or exacerbate graft-versus-host disease in transplant recipients?
1: this question has been considered by researchers. And so far, studies have reported only low rates of graft-versus-host disease induction, including those patients who are usually at high risk of developing graft-versus-host disease. It is important to note, however, that most studies excluded patients with active graft-versus-host disease. This is both because of the risk of exacerbation and because enhanced immunosuppression may render the cells ineffective. Therefore, Patients with the greatest risk of cytomegalovirus complications may be least suitable for such approaches.
0: It seems that this therapy has relatively high potential. Is there any clinical study to prove the safety of this therapy?
1: Yes. One largest clinical study to date once observed 50 cytomegalovirus seropositive donor patients. They received prophylaxis at or after 28 days post-transplantation and were compared with a contemporary control cohort receiving pharmacotherapy during the same period. Although the cytomegalovirus T-cell group included more mismatched donors, there was no statistically significant difference in the incidence of acute graft-versus-host disease between the two groups. There was no statistically significant difference in the cumulative incidence of cytomegalovirus reactivation between the cytomegalovirus T-cell group and the cohort control group. However, the peak cytomegalovirus titers were lower in the T-cell group with a statistically significant difference. In addition, in the cytomegalovirus T-cell group, the number of patients requiring cytomegalovirus drug treatment was reduced and the total treatment dose per patient was also reduced. While the study was non-randomized, it did demonstrate an acceptable safety profile for the therapy compared with those who received only the pharmacotherapy.
0: Thanks for your introduction, Dr. Smith. Let's get back to the therapy development. What are the strategies for obtaining cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells?
1: Okay. There are two main direct selection techniques for generating virus-specific T-cells. One is the gamma capture technique based upon the secretion of interferon gamma following antigen stimulation. And the other technique is based on the binding of fluorophore-conjugated human leukocyte antigen peptide multimers to T lymphocytes specific for the presenting viral peptides. The practical clinical application of adoptive transfer of T cell clones is hampered by the need for prolonged in vitro expansion steps. Cultures typically require up to 12 weeks and a relatively high cost. Advances in laboratory techniques for the direct isolation of antigen-specific T-cells from the blood of seropositive donors have contributed significantly to progress in the field of virus-specific adoptive cellular therapy.
0: As you just mentioned human leukocyte antigen multimers, could you elaborate a bit more about the technique based on human leukocyte antigen multimers selection?
1: Yeah. A human leukocyte antigen multimer consists of many human leukocyte antigen molecules loaded with antigenic peptides of interest. In this case, they are loaded with cytomegalovirus peptides and attached to fluorophores or metal beads that can be detected by flow cytometry or magnetically selected. The multimer binds to the T-cell receptor of the T-cell. These T-cells are specific for the presented antigenic peptide. This allows the detection and isolation of T-cells specific for the relevant cytomegalovirus peptides. A limitation of this technique is that its application is limited to those patients whose human leukocyte antigen alleles have viral peptides, and the products produced are limited to the class of the human leukocyte antigen presentation. That is, usually CD8-positive cells, since the production of class II multimers is more technically challenging. Cytomegalovirus-specific CD8-positive T cells were isolated from seropositive donors using this technique. Patients who were infused with cellular products over several hours had either a single episode of cytomegalovirus reactivation or persistent viremia and did not require prolonged in vitro cultures to obtain sufficient numbers of cells. Cytomegalovirus viremia levels were reduced in all patients, suggesting the function of cytomegalovirus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes.
0: What about the gamma capture technique? What should we learn about it?
1: This technique involves selecting T cells that release gamma interferon upon stimulation with cytomegalovirus peptides. The advantage of this technique is that it is applicable to all seropositive blood donors regardless of human leukocyte antigen type, thus greatly broadening the applicability. The resulting product is not limited to CD8 positive T cells. It has been reported that donor peripheral blood mononuclear cells were stimulated with the cytomegalovirus PP65 peptide pool and that maximal interferon gamma production was observed four hours after stimulation. What's more, this technique has now been successfully used by many researchers.
0: Well, Thanks for such a clear explanation to this technique. My next question is uh, what are the results of experiments to assess the safety and clinical efficacy of cytomegalovirus-specific adoptive cellular therapy?
1: The conclusions of most early clinical studies were limited by non-randomized, small-scale single-center reports and heterogeneous designs. To address these issues, two UK-based multicenter randomized controlled trials have been conducted to evaluate the safety and clinical efficacy of cytomegalovirus-specific adoptive cell therapy. Any they have yielded encouraging early interim results. Both studies used human leukocyte antigen multimer technology to directly select virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes. One of these trials is dedicated to studying hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients from matched unrelated cytomegalovirus seropositive donors. After completion of patient-donor pairing, cells were preferentially used for cytomegalovirus viremia. Although full clinical data from the trials have yet to be established, the preliminary results report that the infusions were safe with the more durable expansion of the cytomegalovirus specific T-cells and reconstitution of immunity.
0: I see. And, what did another trial prove?
1: The other trial is a Phase III clinical trial. In matched sibling cytomegalovirus seropositive donor T-cell-depleted hematopoietic cell transplantation recipients, donor-derived cytomegalovirus-specific adoptive cellular therapy and conventional drug antiviral therapy were randomly selected. Adoptive cell therapy was administered for weeks after transplantation regardless of cytomegalovirus monitoring polymerase chain reaction results. There were no significant differences in the rates of graft-versus-host disease or serious adverse events between the two groups. Preliminary analysis found, however, that there was less cytomegalovirus reactivation in the adoptive cellular therapy group and there was a trend to reduce overall treatment duration.
0: Thank you for detailing the progress in generating cytomegalovirus-specific T-cells. That would be all our content today. Thanks again to Dr. Smith for his wonderful scientific sharing. Thank you for listening. See you next time.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to sharing more interesting knowledge in the next program. See you next time.